Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with the magnificent Jillian of Studio Soprano. Today, we're diving into planning a project and creating a production process so that your next project goes off without a hitch, Um, because we (laughs) have had a really rough couple of weeks, and we've messed up so many times that we're trying to help ourselves out of this, and we want you to also avoid all of our mistakes, right? Yeah, it it is a natural growing pain. That as you t- as you grow and you take on more work, mistakes are going to happen because you just don't even have the time to do the due diligence the way you used to do it. Due diligence should always be done. But when you first start, it's like not hard to remember what size something should be or what color it should be or how many you need. But when you have several projects that you're printing in the same day, and some of them even have like the same bride name or something or a really similar name, like it is so there's a million reasons why it's so easy to mix stuff up and make mistakes. So um, yeah, this, this episode could not be recorded at a more timely time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's I, you know, also not just when you're first starting out, but like, like you said, when you have multiple projects going or you have details that overlap, sometimes it's easy to mix up those two things, but also when you're learning new skills, taking on a project, that's maybe something you haven't done before. You haven't done a lot of, so you don't know exactly how much time it's actually going to take you or um, working with a new vendor or adding a new process to a process you already have honed in, like all of those things, everything that we as stationers or printers do is pretty much custom and so each project is completely different and just trying to keep mm-hmm. all of that straight is a super serious challenge um so if you've had a hard time keeping it organized don't worry you are not alone um <laughs> and hopefully this episode will help you and us um all stay better organized and make our projects just go a lot smoother all together um one little caveat before we get started so this topic and this kind of process we're going to go over will vary for people who are designers that are outsourcing their printing so we're kind of aiming this at our fellow printers or people who are finishing the process of themselves but take it into consideration um customize it for you and hopefully if you're a designer who outsources you'll at least get a little perspective on what you need to give us as your printers to help make your project a success as well so Let's do it. Let's dive in. Um, Okay, so first phase of any project is when your client or when your customer reaches out and submits an inquiry with you. And that could be a contact form on your website. It could be elaborate. It could be really simple. Um, There are a few different things that you may want to ask just to get kind of the basic details down before you send out any quotes. Um, What we do is very customized. So every project is truly completely different and every project has completely different pricing. So This is going from Jillian and I's perspective. You may be different. Your business may be different. But for most letterpress printers, you're going to be doing jobs that are individually really different. So 
couple of things you might want to know right off the bat um, are, as far as project details go, the quantity, the processes involved. So uh, is it going to be letterpress printed? Is it going to be digitally printed? Is it going to be both? Um, the paper information. So whatever paper weight, are they printing on 110 pound or 220 pound? Do they know what color they want it printed in? Is it pearl white, fluorescent white? Um, and maybe they have a particular mill, like they're trying to match Crane's envelopes. So they need Crane's Letra versus you usually norm normally use Savoy. Those things are all relevant. Um, what size? So if they need an A7 and confirming that that is indeed five inches by seven inches, that's always a fun one. Um, and then what finish? So are they trying to um, match envelopes? That's important. Um, are they working with a metallic stock? Are they looking for, you know, a certain type of uh, coated paper? Those kind of things will affect your project, the details and the quantity or and the project pricing as well. Um, if you are inquiring to a letterpress printer, if you can include a due date, um, that's always helpful. So what date you need these things in hand by. And if you know any further details, like the colors that you want printed, especially for letterpress, if it's a Pantone, awesome. If you're trying to match something like the mid-green envelopes, tell us that. We always want to know anything that you can tell us um, right off the get, right out of the get-go, right off the bat, right out of the gate, right? <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> Uh, in, you know, at the this, beginning. Yeah, right at the beginning. Um, and if you are um, actually dealing with a client directly, it's also important to ask their budget. This doesn't really apply yeah. to business to business printing or wholesale printing, but for clients, <laughs> for consumers who don't really know maybe all that much about printing and print methods, definitely ask their budget because they may be going on a super tight budget, but they want three color letterpress on double thick paper and all these things that don't necessarily fit. So um, that could be a good question to ask if it's someone who is not in the industry or, you know, in general, it's something worth considering asking anyway. Um, and yeah. then from your inquiry phase, you're going to probably send out a quote. You're hopefully going to send out an invoice with a contract attached. And um, on that invoice, uh, why don't we talk a little about what we include our in on our invoices? Jillian, what all of the details do you put on there? Because I know that you use yours as kind of a, a basis to get started with a project. Yes. So um, my client management system, which is Dubsado, is really great. As I build out my packages, it sort of just creates this nice, pretty invoice for me. So at the top of the page has the client's name and their address, which is really helpful, um, plus their contact information in case I have to like reach out to them. Love having that stuff right at the top. Um, and then the line items include... Um, the size, the size, paper, paper weight, and color, the type of print method. Um, if it's letterpress, I will include ink color, like the number of ink colors. I don't necessarily put the actual Pantones on there, but I will be like one color, two color, three color. Um, special finishing. So if there's any sort of duplexing, uh, edge painting, whatever, special finishing and um, the quantity. So all of that is kind of bullet pointed within the line item so that, that when they're looking at their invoice, they could review that and hopefully they review that and <laughs> uh, make sure that everything is exactly as they ordered because um, I do end up using the invoice at the beginning and the tail end of my project to make sure that like I have given them exactly what they've paid for. Um, so the invoice kind of becomes a holy grail for me. I use another document in the interim, but like the invoice is like 
they paid for this. I want to make sure this is what I'm shipping out to them. Yeah. And I do the same on my invoices, but I don't actually, I probably should start printing them out, but I don't usually print them. I usually, once the contract is signed, the initial deposit payment is completed. I usually take that and immediately start filling out my production sheet. And then I have a clipboard where all of my production sheets live until the project is completed. So same same process for Jillian and I, but a little bit different. Um, yeah, I use a project management system called HoneyBook, which is similar to Dubsado in a lot of ways, but there are some differences. Um, and I really like it because I can choose to collect either just a deposit from a client or I can accept the full payment. Um, I could break it into three payments if I want to, and I can auto schedule them or I can change them so that when the project is completed, they get, they get billed. So there's a lot of flexibility on that front. Um, but I personally really believe that I don't get the project moving into production until a contract is signed and a payment of some kind is is, is completed. Um, that's yeah. personally where I stand. A lot of businesses do it differently. Larger businesses sometimes will do either net 30 terms for wholesale printing um, or payment upon completion, that kind of thing. So it's totally up to you and your business what works. But that's my personal yeah. stance is I believe you called it uh, CYA, cover your ass, yeah. which I really like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. And I'm glad that you shared that because I think it's important to note that like all businesses are different, especially when it comes to collecting payments. And the more um, kind of insurances you have and all of that, you can be collecting and storing credit card information in systems and stuff. But for small printers like us, like I'm not going to gamble storing someone's credit card information. So my terms are a, a deposit up front to initiate the project and move us into phase two. Um, and it's it's really helped me because if somebody pulls out and I've ordered their paper, I've at least paid for their paper. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, we take on a lot of risk as small businesses by doing wholesale printing, especially because we, the moment you send us your artwork and you complete your contract, like we're ordering those letterpress plates because they take some yeah. time we're ordering the paper because it's hard to find sometimes, especially the last couple of years. So, you know, there you go. There's $200 right there that we've spent just to get your project going. And yeah. if you decide last minute not to do that, then that can be detrimental to us. Um, $200 is a lot more important to us than it is for like quick print um, or your local credit, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it's important to just like, you know, do what's best for your business, but make sure that you're covered either way um, because things do happen and people's plans change and, that's totally fair, but you have to be ready for that. And, you know, it just, for me, it makes yeah. sense to have at least some kind of payment up ahead. Um, yeah. And it's also a confirmation that that person read over the invoice and all of those details, yes. fonts, weight, colors, it's all finalized, approved, confirmed. They've read it. You're covered. They know what to expect. Boom. Let's go. Like now you're ready to get started. Yes. All right. So now we're getting started. So we're into phase two which is like there you've received the artwork because that is phase two because sometimes it gets delayed you know somebody inquires they may even put a deposit down it could be weeks until you get that artwork mm -hmm. so phase two starts um when you get the artwork and mariah tell us a little bit about what you do once someone sends you artwork yes so if I'm doing wholesale printing and the person sends me the artwork file, they say, here's the artwork for this project that we confirmed all the details of last week, right? Yep. Um, awesome. We love that. I, two things. I personally 
when the moment I order plates and that is all confirmed and the plates are like ordered, I print out those that artwork, the letterpress artwork itself, the moment it's completed and confirmed. Because what I can do then is I take that printed sheet. I literally put a border around the artboard and crop marks and everything. I print it out. I cut it down to the final cut, like the print size. So if I'm going to be printing as a five by seven, I cut it down to five by seven, and then I can just tape my letterpress plates to it and register it on the press that way. So I have the artwork, it's accurate. It's exactly what the plates are. And then I just literally clip it to my production sheet. So my production sheet now has the artwork that I'm going to eventually be printing. So a week later, when my letterpress (laughs) plates arrive, and they're all ganged up together with other jobs, um, I can cut them out and be like, oh, yeah, this goes with this project. And here's exactly where it's going to be registered on that on that paper. Um, Yes, this is such an important part of the process. Yeah, it's so helpful. Yeah. And I think it's something that we grew into understanding that we needed to do. Um, Like when we first started printing, you know, we may have printed out artwork just to help us with registration, Mm -hmm. but now it is actually an integral part of moving a project through our workflow. And um, we got a hot tip from Bill, uh, Bill Corcoran, when we um, interviewed him, he even showed me what his imposition sheets look like. Um, and he will actually print out digitally what the entire project should look like at completion using colors to simulate where die cuts are or where gold foil will be and, you know, all that different stuff so that no matter who's working on the project, no matter how much time has lapsed, um, the top sheet is always going to be a reference of what the final completed job should look like. And that yeah. is so, so helpful because really like you don't know how much time is going to pass between receiving or ordering an art, a piece of artwork, but ordering the plates and then actually printing it. Um, and if you are growing and you are working on a lot of projects, you may forget that like, oh yeah, this thing needs to go with this or be in this location. So printing out what the artwork looks like and clipping that to your production sheet is so, so helpful. Yeah. And I really like the idea of uh, using different colors to uh, differentiate between different processes because yes. this, this especially is helpful when you're doing different processes. And that could be digital plus letterpress. It could be dip dyeing. It could be anything. It could be foil on top of the digital that you're printing, whatever it is. But being able to know no matter which process you're at, what the other processes are going to look like along with it. And like, you know, a, it's just good to have visual reminders of things. Um Another thing I want to mention is that I always, I have one client in particular who does this that I, every time she like sends me her artwork, I like scream with happiness because she always sends me her artwork in vectorized, 100% black format, which chef's kiss is literally everything letterpress printer dreams of. And so those I like can literally just copy paste them into my, my press plate artboard. Like it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. I can send it straight to the plate maker. Right. But she also sends me the mock-ups of her full suites that her clients have approved, which is, I think, super cool because as a printer, 
like, yes, I have a Pantone book. Yes, she sends me the Pantone color that I'm printing in. But to see her visual and her like end goal is super Mm -hmm. helpful to help me make sure that I help her accomplish that, right? So like, Mm -hmm. if I see that she's trying to match these mid green envelopes, but the Pantone color we have looks a little different on my my trial prints, you know, I may make a judgment call and say this will match better, blah, 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 like, or just knowing like, I had one that was two different shades of paper. And it was like, which one is which again? You're like, oh yeah, here's the mock-up. This one is this one. This one is that one. Like that stuff is super helpful. Just gives us a better visual and a better idea of like the actual goal and what we're trying to accomplish. So if you send even just a JPEG with like the text in the color that you want it, like that'll be super helpful too. Just send us like a mock-up or any kind of visual for like what you're actually hoping to achieve. Um, And then in some cases, we might even have advice to help you get there, whether it's like, yeah. you know, if you're a new printer or a new designer, that's especially helpful as well. So like, and, you know, that's a good way to ask a question is like, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. Can you do this? And it's like, yes or no. Or maybe if we did this or that, it would be better. Like, you know, those those kinds of things can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, and this and this part of the process is not only going to help you run your business better, but it's actually going to make your clients more appreciative of you. Less mistakes are going to happen if you understand their overall vision. Um, Less mistakes will happen if you keep track of what that vision is by like referencing these documents when you are actually going to print. But then also being able to have a good conversation with them about like the matching of the colors because people love to pick Pantone colors off of the screen, Mm -hmm. off of their computer. Don't know why they have not figured this out yet. But um, so if yeah, if you see that they're trying to match the mid green envelope, but you see that they've picked a color that isn't quite really going to match, having that conversation with them is just going to make you a, a better vendor to them. It's going to create a relationship. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to time to actually ordering your supplies, obviously we talked a little about letterpress plates and all of that, but you know, we often are working on multiple projects at the same or similar times. Sometimes things line up beautifully where you can just order everything all at once and all arrives in one package and it's great. Um, And something like ordering letterpress plates, there is a minimum plate size or a minimum order amount, depending on who you order your plates from. So if you're printing a business card for someone, you are like, okay, well, hopefully I can wait and add this in with another order for someone else, because otherwise you're paying for that minimum for a small project. So Mm -hmm. we both, Jillian and I, definitely gang up our plates whenever we can. Um, And, you know, sometimes the rush doesn't allow that. If there's a a super, like, short time frame on turning around this order, you know, we might just suck it up and order two different orders of plates two days apart. Um, It is what it is sometimes. But if you can, it's always great to gang up plates and, you know, maybe wait a couple extra days so you can order that project along with another project. The other option, um, the other thing is when ordering paper, you... (laughs) usually can get a little bit better of a cost when you order large parent sheet sizes. We did a whole episode on um, what's the weight where we talked about parent sheet sizes, but um, sometimes it's it's a little less expensive when you cut it all down yourself. But if you don't have a paper cutter, you don't have the storage, or you don't want to order a large quantity, um, then maybe you have to order pre-cut sizes. But that's totally a judgment call. Um, I really like to work with parent sheets because I have a local uh, supplier that I can just go pick them up. But if you're shipping all the way to Alaska, you're probably going to rely a lot on pre-cut sizes um, just for ease and convenience. But 
definitely something to think about. And no matter what kind of paper you order, you're ordering, um, <laughs> extra. could be handmade or pre-cut sizes, but definitely order extras. <laughs> yes. I love yeah. to preach about extras. Um, and then I will also add the grain of salt to this is that I literally had to go back to the print shop today because I was short on a print job that I finished printing last night. So we all have those days where, you know, it just yep. doesn't go quite right. And even the extras that you had were not enough. Um but yeah, my general like thought on this is that every step of the process, like every process that you're doing, like so every like if you're doing digital plus letterpress plus a die cut, order three times the extras that you normally would because every <laughs> yeah. every process that you add in, there's room for error, right? So like yeah, it's not like digital is 100% perfect. It's not like die cutting is 100% perfect. We all know letterpress is definitely not 100% perfect. So add in extras for each of those different processes. Um, yeah definitely need more extras for a job that has three different processes than you do for a super simple one color letterpress job. Like there's yeah. a difference there, but you'll figure you'll figure out what works for you and your equipment, but um order extras, please god, just order extras. Yeah. <laughs> and to frame this all in like what does this work look like in your workflow? You've received the artwork, you've ganged up plates if you can, you've ordered your plates. And then you're going to look at your inventory and make sure that you have the paper you need to print that job. Some people keep everything stock. Some people order as the projects came in. But that that's kind of how that fits into the process of phase two. So it's like you've got the artwork. You're ready to go. You know what it looks like. And honestly, some I don't really like to order paper until I see the artwork because I may not have realized that they need a bleed. So yeah. for some people... If if you're printing a bleed, you can't print on pre-cut sizes. You have to print on a larger sheet and then trim down. So there's like reasons why you kind of have to do things in certain uh, steps if you are someone who doesn't keep like large parent sheets um, in-house yeah. ready to cut down. Just wanted to like kind of sum that up so that you're thinking about that logically because man, people could surprise you with things that they will not mention. <laughs> Oh, this has a full bleed. I didn't mention that before. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's – and every process is, like, uh, yeah. different. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. I – whenever my boyfriend asks why I have a giant box of paper sitting in the middle of the living room, it's like, well, I can't cut it all down because what if I need a different size? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I. You know, that's so funny because I always thought, like, oh, if I was buying parent sheets – I would just like trim it down so that like I would have readily available sizes yeah. and instantly was like, that is the worst thing I could do because I may waste a whole bunch of paper. Totally. Because I may not need that size. Yep. Yep. I've definitely done that. And I've also done the whole thing where you have a, a project that needs to be printed in a larger size and cut down later. And so um, I did all that. And then I took all the trimming from that paper and cut it all down and realized I could have used it. So, you know, there's, yep. you'll figure it out as you go, but um, yeah, just a lot of moving parts to put all together and to make sure everything arrives and arrives on time. Um, keeping in that, that due date in consideration, um, is important, but yeah, it's, the preparation is a lot of the work. It's, um, it's pretty wild to think how much we do before we even get to press. <laughs> okay. So, 
the biggest part of phase two is preparation for going to press, right? So for me, I've talked about my production sheet um, and mm-hmm. keep in mind that I'm a letterpress printer. So if you're outsourcing and you're a designer or if you don't offer letterpress or whatever else, yours might be different. So this is what I have on mine. You can completely build your own and customize it and make it whatever works for you. But there's a lot of things on here. So um, I try and capture as many of these details right at the initial phase of that invoice, that first payment, just so that it's all like ready to go and I don't have to go back looking for it later. So a part of why I print my artboards with my letterpress artwork as soon as it's ordered, a lot of part, a lot of why I print all of the, or I fill out my production sheet at the beginning stage is because then a week Later, I don't have to go back through all my files, through emails, through my mm-hmm. my HoneyBook uh, project. I don't have to go looking for what address were we delivering this to or yep. what was the quantity or was this an A2 or an A1? Um, it's like all of these things are already here, so it makes it a lot easier. So these are the things on my production sheet. The final quantity and how many extras I'm going to want to have on hand. Usually I can just kind of estimate that, but I want to know exactly how many they require for me to ship to them. I mm-hmm. want to know the paper, the weight, the mill, the color of it. Um, so that could be, you know, 110 pound for this piece, 110 pound for that piece. I actually have this broken down into like different. It's like a a big block, right? Like an like an Excel almost, where it has different items. So like I can have the invitation, the reply card, and the details card, and all of this information on there. The mm-hmm. paper size, both the starting size and the final, if they're different. So if I'm going to be printing this with a full bleed and I need to cut it down afterwards into an A7, that information will be on there. The number of colors and their Pantone, if they've selected one or what they're trying to match or whatever else, like if it's just black, fine. And then any additional finishing services, I just write like that's on there. Um If it's digital, obviously I'm going to have that printed. My artwork is going to be printed to go with my production sheet, but the additional finishing services are in the notes column so that I know this is also getting this or it's also going to have that or I need to do this afterwards. And then on the very top of it, I have the project name, which corresponds with my HoneyBook uh, project management name. So when I'm scrolling through my list of projects, I can find it easily. It also has the client name because the project name is not always the client name. Um, And then Mm -hmm. it has the delivery address and the date I need to ship it by. Um, Mm -hmm. I also have a little section where I track like labor and expenses and I like that just for my own bookkeeping just to kind of be able to like reference that and I know exactly what this project like whether it was profitable which is not always the case um, and (laughs) where like I spent that money and also having my expenses on here tells me that I've ordered something so like yes plates was $86 I know that I ordered those plates Paper, $173. I know that I ordered that paper. So that to me is like a double check that I actually did that thing. If it's not written on here, I'm going to have to go digging through and make sure I order that thing. Um, So that's kind of how I use the quote unquote expenses section of my production sheet to make sense for me. And then um, I also have the labor. So if I spend (laughs) an hour and a half setting up this job and then I can look over my production sheets and see that most jobs take me half an hour, I can be like, okay, like maybe my average is 45 minutes to an hour, you know, like just for my own costing purposes and just for like a revision option. So when I want to go look back at my pricing structure and reevaluate how much labor it takes me to actually print a project, I have a better idea of like what it takes me to print 100 versus 200. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I have all those things on there. Um, and yeah, 
So I attach I that love to, it. thank you. I attach that to the printed artboards. And if there's any kind of mock-up, I, I just like print everything out and then I just attach it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that works for me. And I have a little clipboard that lives, all my production sheets live on that clipboard. I'm like, I love clipboards for different projects and like Same. different things, different areas. I'm a of clipboard my life. whore. Yeah. So oh, I have one I for like it. my greeting cards and stuff that I'm printing for my like shop. I have another one for like client projects, which is this obviously. And then I have like a manila folder if there's like a whole bunch of stuff for like a design client. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that works for me. I um, freaking love. Okay. So I also use um, a production sheet. I- the good distinction between like for me is like my invoice goes I fold it up and I put it in with the order that ships out and then the production sheet is just for me and I also track um labor hours but I haven't been tracking expenses on that production sheet but that's so smart because I do go back and check every project for its profitability rate to see like Do I need to increase my prices? Am I good where I'm at? And this is so smart, no matter how big or small your company is, um, because you can really see where the efforts of your business are going, both labor-wise and cost-wise. So that is like such a smart thing to add on. Um, But I also do the same thing for my production sheet has like all those same items and I'll even make sure that I have like the actual Pantone formula that I used, which is sometimes different than what uh, like the Pantone formula in the book is because if I needed to add a little extra yellow or a little extra white or something, I write that down on there so that if that client – basically to me, I want the production sheet to be like if the client ever called me and said they wanted another one or something wasn't quite right – I can't see what I've printed for them because I've already sent it out to them. So the production sheet ends up like coming in clutch there. Um, And then so my clipboard will have all that. And then I also keep their plates on the clipboard because I get so many plates in and I'm always like, I don't want to be searching for them. That's a good idea. Um, And then I've started keeping like one of each thing that I've printed. And I Mm -hmm. think I'm going to actually start archiving all of that together i think that's a good idea the production sheet the plate and the project yeah and one of the printed project will go into like a little clear thing and maybe i'll put them in like a binder or something yeah that's smart i um usually when i get my plates i immediately go print because (laughs) it's usually like the last thing um so i haven't yet run into an occasion where i had like several projects I probably have only had like two or three projects where the plates are like waiting for me but having the printed artboard with the plate artwork attached the production sheet definitely helps like kind of solve that problem um yep yeah I usually do put the plates so I've recently started I really love this system I'm like obsessed with this system so I have these like clear storage boxes that I got at Ikea right for like two dollars whatever they were and I just grabbed like a handful of them when I was at Ikea uh, moving into my studio. I got some new furniture there, right? And I'll put like the envelopes and the paper once it's cut and the plates and the production sheet in the bin with the project and all the little bits and pieces. So like I had this project I did recently that had mini tassels. It had die cut teacups. It had <laughs> string and uh, RSVP, RSVP envelope, invitation, invitation envelope, 
like all of those things, but I put them all in this little bin. So everything, as I gathered each little thing, I didn't have to like go searching for it or lose it or whatever. And so I really love having, I've seen, I think Brit at Swell Press, I don't know if she still does this, but she used to have one of those square like cubby things mm-hmm. and each cubby would be a project. I think this is a pretty common practice. And yeah. I love the idea of this, like having a place for your project stuff to go is super helpful too. Um, the bins work well for me because most of the time I'm carting one bin to my studio space to go finish that project. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's really helpful for me, but, um, yeah, having a place for each project's bits and pieces to go is also really helpful. And even if that's just, if you're just doing letterpress printing and you're not doing any of those other stuff, like even just having a production sheet, that is your place for those things to go, right? All those details are there. All those things are in one place. You don't have to go searching for their delivery address. You don't have to go searching for how many of these things do I need to print Um, or what was that Pantone they wanted? Like all of that stuff can be in one place and you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's all right there whenever you get to it. Yeah. And that process is so scalable. So like one of the most important things about implementing these systems within your business is if you are a small printer working out of your garage and it's just you. If you start implementing these now, as you get busier and as you grow, this same system is going to grow with you. And I got to see that firsthand at Corcoran where their jobs are so large that they're carted around on pallets. And on top of every pallet is a little blue piece of paper that has the client information, the entire invoice, all of the details, everything else. And, And that just travels around with like this pallet of the project. And So it doesn't matter how big or small you are, having these processes in place are really going to help you because Mariah and I say all the time, like, who we are today is not who we are tomorrow. We could forget (laughs) something so freaking quick. This is tomorrow Mariah's problem. (laughs) Yeah, tomorrow's and tomorrow Mariah may not even remember, like, (laughs) that the problem was even there. Yeah. Same thing with me. Like, I you're doing yourself a favor by implementing this stuff. So, okay. So now we have gone through phase one and phase two. Phase two is basically pretty, pretty bulky as far as like just making sure everything is ordered and everything is ready. And now we are moving into phase three, which kind of like also incorporates the actual printing. So everyone's going to have a different process of how they go about printing and we won't get too into that. But once you have already printed your stuff, you want to have a good process for quality control and then moving it out the door and getting it shipped. So for me, that looks like revisiting the invoice because even though I love my production sheet, I am dyslexic. And so there could be an opportunity where I read the wrong number um, in the wrong line on a sheet. I've done that before. It's the only justification I can have for mistakes I've made. And, um, so I go back to the invoice and I look at what they've ordered and I actually count out and make sure that at minimum I have sent them what they've ordered. I usually throw in whatever extras have survived. Um, (laughs) keyword survived same (laughs) keyword is survived and then I package them up all super safely so I usually try to make sure that things are in not too high of stacks where they could start sliding around but I keep them in like moderate size stacks and I wrap them tight either in um, craft paper or 
uh, I try to avoid plastic, but sometimes plastic. And then I box them all up and I keep my copy of the invoice on top and their copy of the invoice inside the box so that if for whatever reason I'm waiting on other pieces, I don't have to open up that box and sift through. I just look at my copy of the invoice on top and anything that's packaged gets crossed off. So it's like if I know I'm still waiting on envelopes to be printed to go into this, if a whole week goes by, I don't have to open up that box and see what else is in it. I know it's just waiting on envelopes. It's the only thing that's not crossed off. So that's sort of my exiting process, which is I've had to build up. It was really crucial for me because I can't tell you how many times I have counted and recounted and recounted a project because I'll be like, oh, wait, did I confirm that there's 125 of these in there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I I don't pack up my order until everything is absolutely done. Um, that's where my little bins or if you have a cubby or whatever, like I think that's where that comes into play. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also blessed with an entire room that is my home office as well as a studio space. So I have space for my little bins. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I'm busting at the seams, don't get me wrong. But like it's <laughs> it, for me, it's like I don't pack anything until it's literally all complete and everything is in its little bin ready to go. Um then I do basically the same thing. I usually include like a little gift note or something. Um, I like to throw yeah. in a couple of random like thank you cards or whatever for the designer that they can use and give to their client or whatever. Um, and yeah, otherwise it's basically the same. I also think that this is a great time to talk about like other things to consider and plan for when you're talking about like yes. production and stuff. Like obviously it takes you time to print that order. It takes you time to pack that order, but it also takes you time to do any other finishing services, any assembly that might be required. Um, So you have to consider each of the processes you're doing. And you also have to consider anything that you're outsourcing and the time it will take for that to ship to you, be turned around by that person. And then for you to put that with the other thing that you're doing. So you have to allot time for all of that throughout your process. Um, And then, you know, that is definitely something to consider when it comes time to cost out your your products and your services. Um, but it's also just something like, I always think it's going to take me less time than it does. And I'm <laughs> slowly but surely getting better at this. Um, but that's kind of why I think on my production sheet, it's handy to have labor and just mm-hmm. marking down time that I spent so that in the future, when I am ready to review all of this and make sure that my costing is, pro- is correct and make sure that I'm scheduling things accordingly or if I know that I'm constantly running behind schedule and I'm like, why am I always behind on everything? It's like, well, let's look at all these production sheets and see where all my time is going. Um, but, you know, thinking about those like due dates and your turnaround times and like thinking about any extra processes that you're outsourcing and when you're ganging up plates, right? Those two things actually go together. If you have this project that's going to be digitally printed with someone else first, and then it's coming to you, that means that you have time to wait to gang up those plates with something else so that you can save a little bit of money on the plates and the shipping of the plates and all of that. So, you know, there's lots of little things that will add up and go into the whole production and planning process. But um, yeah. Yeah. And if you have a lot of jobs, then all of these things are going to be happening at different times, right? Like on any given day, you have projects that are in all different phases. Mm -hmm. And so really thinking about this process from beginning to end and outlining it for yourself and maybe creating certain milestones that are really important, 
will allow you to kind of either build out a calendar or something. You can even like be writing down deadline dates on your production sheet or something so that you could kind of look at it and be like, oh crap, I haven't gotten artwork for this. And the due date for the artwork is today. And so now this is slipping. It allows you to understand like what, what you have running, what you need to prioritize. And if you need to be asking for things to be expedited or anything like that like I always run into kind of as Mariah was saying with assuming that things will happen faster I whenever I need to order something or outsource something I always kind of forget that it's not just the shipping it's their turnaround time like (laughs) they may have like a three to four day turnaround time for just fulfilling my order yep and then shipping on top of that and so Knowing my process better and having that outlined really allows me to understand if I need to communicate something to my client or not. Yeah, totally. And I think one of the most – like, so obviously my production sheets all live on one clipboard. Like, maybe one day when I'm – like, if this ever becomes too much, I'll probably move it to separate clipboards. But HoneyBook allows me – it has – I'm sure Dubsado has something like this too, where you have your project timeline – I think they call it a pipeline or something like that. And it has different phases and you can customize them a little bit. So mine actually, I have several different like phases in the pipeline in HoneyBook. So it starts with inquiry, then it goes to like a brochure, a follow-up, proposal is sent, proposal is signed, retainer is paid. This is where booked projects start, right? And then planning, that's kind of like leading up to the artwork getting approved, design, if I'm working with a design client. And then print or revisions. So either my design mm-hmm. has moved into a revision round or the artwork is approved and it's on to print. So when things go into that phase, that's when I'm pulling my production sheet, putting it into a bin, getting it all put together yeah. and getting it ready, getting it printed. And then finally is final delivery. It's been shipped out. And I know it's been shipped and then completed. Once I know they've received it, hopefully they loved it, then I can archive that project and it's done. So this is like how I manage things in a big picture. And my little clipboard with all my production sheets is like when I'm actually ready to start printing things and start putting things together. Um, So super helpful for me to look at my 13 projects going and knowing exactly where they are. And you can move those or it can automatically trigger to move them when things happen. So when a contract is signed, it automatically moves. When they look at my brochure, it automatically moves. Um, So yeah, that's just the only way I survive. Um, Honestly, if I didn't have it's worth every penny to have a good project management system because yeah, it saves me so much. Like <laughs> I can send out questionnaires, brochures and options. And like I booked a project yesterday. I sent out some options with some available upgrades and they're like, yep, I'll take this and this. And you're like, great. I love that. Like it's going to be so much more fun to do this, you know, extra thing because it's going to look super cool. Um, it's just, there's so many options available and it makes life so much easier, honestly. Yeah, I think uh, at some point in time, we should do um, an episode just reviewing each of our client management systems because they are so integral and and important to our businesses. And I am actually currently testing out a new one that um, kind of consolidates all of the things that my business does, uh, including sales and stuff like product sales. So that like if I need to fulfill orders or whatever, like even that stuff will pop up on a calendar for me. Um, 
because yeah, like being able to see what you need to get done in a day is hard when you do yeah. so many different things. Literally. Yeah. And so, everything yeah. is different. Everything is wildly, everything varies wildly from project to project. So having something that helps you is, it's a real lifesaver. Yeah. Well, we hope that this episode at least gives you an idea of one way to create a workflow through your business that you can outline that will help you um, not make mistakes because Mariah <laughs> and I can speak from personal mis- oh, experience of so many. how tragic some mistakes can be. I actually like – And heartbreaking, I, honestly. Like as a right. small business person who really cares, it's like – it's literally just like gut-wrenching, no sleep high anxiety yeah. like when you make mistakes like that it's it's really hard it's, it's not even just about like the money and the material wasted but it is a personal hit to our hearts and because our we care and our self-esteem yeah. yeah we care about our clients we care about our reputations and um we do everything that we can to prevent mistakes but they do happen however i think having these good systems in place um will really reduce it. In fact, I keep thinking to myself, it's like, I almost want to make a checklist, like a little tiny pad of paper. It could be like this big that I just keep at like the side of my desk. And I'm showing this to Mariah. It's just like a five by seven sheet of paper. I want to like have one made where it says like, you booked a new job. Yay. And then it has like a little checklist of things that's like, did you receive the artwork? check <laughs> you should do that you should literally do that upcoming merch on holothepresspodcast.com <laughs> did you double check the freaking size because you can't have ink on your face yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you're going to ups to drop off that package make sure to check for ink on your face because <laughs> we've both been there <laughs> oh my gosh it's so it's so funny the little mistakes that could be made or yeah just whatever or big mistake. Um, yeah we both are yeah mistakes. so all of this is to say that we have made the mistakes we will continue to make mistakes but we are we personally are trying to hone in our processes our production sheets all the things that will help us make less mistakes less often um so yeah it's it's not because we've mastered this it's because we've learned from trial and error what doesn't work so um yeah if you're out there and you're struggling just know that you're not alone your friends Jillian and Mariah are here with you and if you're out there and you're oh god we can only get better from here right like that's the thing is like we can only make a better process we can only make a better system and it'll just help us help us tremendously so yeah and if you're out there and you're thriving and you're making zero mistakes because you have the most solid process in the whole wide world slide on into our dms and tell (laughs) us all about it we'd love to we'd love to know more about like yes please please reach out to us and we will have you on the podcast so that you could tell us about your magnificent process so that other people may be able to adapt something similar for their businesses because nobody nobody wants to make costly mistakes y'all there is not enough paper in this world right now for us to be making mistakes seriously you could even just like screenshot it and share it with us on instagram and we'll literally share it with the world um if you want obviously just tell us that but yeah it would be so great if everyone could just like share what works for their own production sheets because (laughs) we could make the world's best production sheet if everyone put their brains together like what else am I forgetting from mine please let us know dm us send us an email yeah tell us what else we should add to it and we will (laughs) yeah 
And if you don't know, our Instagram is hot off the press pod. Um, and we have a website that is hotoffthepresspodcast.com where Yay. you can find lots of things, information on this episode. We're starting to put blog posts up. Um, and yes. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for being here, everybody. And we will see you next week with another really great interview from Concord Engraving. We are so freaking excited to have them on. They make our photopolymer plates. They give us the behind the scoop. They give us tips. They give us everything. They bring yeah, it all. They're the best. We heart Shelly and Max. Um, And yes, they are wonderful. They are also in our letterpress supply guide which has um over 50 vendors in like a dozen different categories shelly and max are included in that but um there's also some other really great vendors for everything you might need to either supply your shop for the first time or keep it stocked for every time so visit hotoffthepresspodcast.com to learn more about that and we'll include uh in the description of this episode a couple of links to learn more about our project management systems Jillian uses Dubsado, Mariah, I use HoneyBook, and they are both great in different ways. So we'll include some links to review those. And if you have any information or if you have any questions about either of them, feel free to shoot us a DM. We'll be happy to answer any questions you have. So Yay. thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.